There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest is no stranger to a podcast with me. She's been the voice for modern slavery and human trafficking in Australia in recent years. After seeing the women in Germany being trafficked across eastern borders for sex and supporting them, she returned home to Australia, thinking we were immune to such horror. She soon discovered that the reality was modern slavery did exist in Australia for tens of thousands of people and not just the sex trade. This made her angry and fueled her mission to create the Freedom Hub. Sally Irwin is the founder of Freedom Hub, which is a registered charity that equips survivors to live in freedom and they welcome volunteers and local fundraising events to help this cause to succeed. They also run a social enterprise cafe and retail store, which provides an opportunity for every Australian to choose ethically sourced products with no slavery in the supply chain while making a difference in the lives of others. 100% of the profits support the administration of their survivor school. With Freedom Hub cafes on the Gold Coast and in Sydney, along with an event venue focused on ethical event celebrations, this truly is a cause we all need to get behind. Welcome, Sally, to The Ethical Evolution. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad you've joined us and um, you're, you're not foreign to being on podcast with me, so it's it's, it's lovely to have you back. <laughs> yep, we can talk a lot. <laughs> we can. Now, um, you, of course, are the founder of the Freedom Hub and you do amazing work. Can you tell us um, about the Freedom Hub and what it is and how it came about? Sure. So the Freedom Hub I started that back in 2014, having spent time overseas and discovering that human trafficking and slavery was a a problem overseas. But when I came back to Australia and discovered it was happening here, I knew that I had to do something about it from Mm. all the time and experience I spent in Europe. So I started the Freedom Hub in 2014 with the vision to... Um, fight slavery, modern-day slavery in Australia, to end it here, to help victims of the crime recover Mm -hmm. and finally to partner in the fight to end global slavery because we can't make, achieve any change as silos. We need to do things together. So it started as a charity. It still is a registered charity, but what I discovered fairly quickly is that you can't just fundraise all the time. People want to be part of the change. People want to bring change about themselves. Mm -hmm. So I opened up a cafe and an event space in Sydney. My my vision is really to be able to let every Australian be able to do something about the crime. Mm. But through our cafe space, which we've now got in Queensland as well as in, in Palm Beach in Queensland as well as Waterloo in Sydney, 
our non-slavery-free um, slavery retail range and also our wholesale coffee. Um, there's opportunity for people to be involved and active in helping end modern-day slavery in our country. So that was the vision behind the business side of supporting the um, charity work that we do with survivors of slavery. Yeah. And, um, you know, what kind of impact has, has the Freedom Hub made already? I know you've told me stories previously of, of the women that you've helped and, and the people that, you know, have just been caught up in hideous situations. What kind of impact have you, have you made so far since 2014? Um, look, on the individuals that have been through our program, I would say huge. Yeah. <laughs> For them, their lives are completely changed. Yeah. They're, and they would be the first to say so. Um, we've got about uh, 11 or 12 alumni, as we call them, that are out working successfully, living independently. They are happy and they only ever come back to us when they want to um, – get a tax return done or like I've got one right now that would love to learn to drive but has found out the prices of driving lessons doesn't quite fit with her bills so she's looking for volunteers to help her. Yep. Um, so, you know, they come; those ones come back to us as needed because yep. uh, we are the only long-term support like that in Australia for victims of slavery. Um, most of the other programs are short-term mm -hmm. and once they've been through the program, they're on their own. So um, I love the fact we've got two down um, in Queenbeer and Canberra area and they come back to us when they want to help with help house hunting or they need bonds to put down on a, on a new apartment or something. So I just love seeing the success of those ones. And then we've always got brand new ones new brand new survivors that have just recently been referred to us yep. they're usually in a high traumatic state um, and they need a lot of help some of them just need nothing but medical help for some time mm -hmm. um, or mental health for some time and then eventually they feel that they're ready to start learning more and learning how to get work and 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 start the process of um yeah, rehabilitation really and getting back into the workforce so we've made a lot of difference to um probably up to 60 women, I suppose, over the years. It's yep. sort of, it's probably even more. I don't, yeah. We, we have about 30 to 40 at once and then some hang on and we lose some and more come in and it's um, it's a bit of a movable feast. But I think, I think we're ready to take more. <laughs> yeah. So um, are, are you seeing that, um, you know, you're, you're actually getting more people or is it actually, you know, starting to decrease? So, no, it's increasing. The right. modern-day slavery act in Australia is raising awareness. Yep. Um, in the last month we've had uh, four referrals and of the four, two of them have been what I would call a self-referral, people that have found us because they've heard of us yep. and come directly to us, whereas in the past most survivors have come our way through the federal police or through a government agency like the Red Cross mm -hmm. who have identified them and found them and, and given them their Centrelink and their visas and things and then they've passed them on to us. Yep. Whereas for us to get new referrals is a whole new area because it means we need lawyers, we need mental health people, we need accommodation, yeah. all that sort of thing. So that really stretched us, but I think it's a sign of what's going to come. Yeah. Um, so you just mentioned um, the the Slavery Act. Um, can you tell us a bit about that legislation that now applies to companies that they need to comply with when it comes to looking at their supply chain and, and slavery? Yes. Yeah, so because there's 40.3 million people in slavery around the world, 75% wow. of them are in Asia Pacific. Mm -hmm. So 
um, I am so happy that Australia, as our government, has actually stepped up and gone, well, we should and could do something about this. Mm. So it is something that we've all lobbied for for a very long time and it came through at the end of last year. People didn't really hear about it much until now because it was an election year this year at the beginning of the year, but now people are all talking about it. You won't find many corporates right now that don't know about it. They're mm-hmm. all, all realising that they've got to start moving. And this is a, a new... It's probably should be called the Supply Chain Transparency Act rather yeah. than the Modern Slavery Act, but it's really forcing any big, large company that has a revenue of over $100 million a year to actually write and submit a modern slavery statement mm-hmm. that shows that they are checking the transparency of risk of slavery in their supply chains. Right. It's not about saying you have no slavery. In fact, Questions would probably be raised if you haven't found slavery because it's everywhere. So the government's not saying no slavery. What they're saying is we want you to be aware of where your risks of slavery are Mm -hmm. or where you may find slavery, what you can do to start working with those factories or working with those suppliers to give people a fair wage and um, and or eliminate the slavery if possible. And that can be a long-term plan or a short-term plan. What they want to see is a yearly yearly progress. Okay, yeah. So it's a great act. It's... Um, because it also includes our government. So we're Mm. talking high schools and hospitals and the Defence Force. It includes everybody and and, um, everybody that's a large, large business. So at first you think, oh, my gosh, 100 million, there's not many. There's about, I think there's 3,000 businesses that that affects. Mm -hmm. But when you realise that the government's involved, then it impacts a lot of people. Yeah. Plus, all those big businesses, they want to actually make sure their supply chain's clean. So they're going to be purchasing from smaller businesses. So Mm. it really can roll out and affect all business and the way we do business in Australia. Yeah. And um, with the, so this mainly applies to the the larger uh, businesses, but um, with with that, I mean, it's it's got to help the economy for one, um, and also you know really look at at their supply chain. And you and I have spoken about this previously about how you isn't there a site you can look at how many slaves um, have you worked have for you to for you? yeah. Yes, yeah. It's called slavery imprint. That's right. Um, sorry, not imprint. Slavery um, footprint. Footprint. Org. Yeah. 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 Which is just yeah. mind blowing. And if you haven't looked at that, wow, it just shows you. you you know, it opens your eyes that you don't even know there were that many slaves actually working for you um, yes. in everything you have around you. Yes, that's right. That's mm. right. So, and of course, you probably remember from the last time I spoke to you that I'm actually passionate about seeing all small businesses submitting mm. a voluntary statement into yeah. the government. Um, any business under a hundred million, I think, should all submit because. First of all, you're demonstrating as a company that you're not. This is not about illegal compliance. Mm. This is about changing the way we do business in the world that doesn't impact lives. It's a great way for you to um, increase your credibility as a small business with with your customers. Mm. Um, it means you've opened up a whole new marketplace because you can start pitching to the large businesses yeah. that must comply. There's a lot of good reasons. Um, it's just very good for business in general. If everybody starts the work and gets their gets their statement in, yeah. so the reporting period started on the first of July. Mm-hmm. It 
means you've got a year of monitoring and and getting yourself of a year's reporting. Then there's six months to submit it. Yep. So it's really December 2020 that we all submit our first statements. Wow, uh, that's so amazing to see that it's actually happening now. So yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you um, find is your biggest challenge in providing ethical services at your venues? Oh, my gosh. So I think it's going to get easier and easier mm. thanks to the Act. I think as more and more businesses do this, it'll become the public registry where people have submitted their statement will become our shopping guide. Right. So for those of us that are pioneering this, it's quite hard work because yeah. we've actually got to check everyone from scratch because nobody's necessarily been doing this in the past. Mm. Fortunately, there's a lot of good apps out there and there's a lot of reporting. So people in the fashion industry, there's um, in the fashion industry, there's the Good On You app. Yep. Um, there's the Ethical Fashion Guide that Baptist World Aid have put out. We use um, ethical.org, which is a great um, website as well that helps us look down the supply chain. Yep. Um, so there's lots of different apps that can be um, looked at. Um but I think that's probably the hardest thing is going how far back do we go? Mm. Um, honestly, what I love about the new Act is that they 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 really want people to do this. So the um, so they're not they're not looking to try and find people or name and shame people. What we really want to do is just go okay. Well, at least I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the areas I'm trying. What I find my most difficult thing as an early pioneer in this is that every supplier that I talk to, they're immediately defensive. They're mm. very scared that we're not going to deal with them because we're ethical and I'm trying to say, hey, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, let's work together on this. Yep. Trying to help suppliers understand that it's about partnership and about slow change together mm. rather than a buying, selling the old model of I used to be a national buyer for Myers Australia. Yeah. I know what it's like. A supplier comes in and... And the supplier's trying to get this, you know, the highest price they can get, and I'm trying to get the lowest price <laughs> I can get. And you, you're really not working together on anything, but trying to make money, both of you. Yeah. So um, I just love the fact that this is forcing um, change in the way that we work together. So we mm. really see our suppliers as our partners in this, rather than a buyer-seller relationship. Mm. And you know, it's funny. I, you, you're talking there, and I was just thinking, like everyone I'm talking to on this podcast, um, it's all about collective change. And that's yes. everything that we talk about at the Ethical Change Agency as well is um, we're here to, you know, work together and make collective change and it's just the only way for us to do this, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, so what are your plans to spread your mission further? How uh, will you grow the Freedom Hub concept into the future? Well, you know, I think one of the exciting things about disruption in the world today is we need to think things um, differently. We do. And um, while I have the idea of the cafe and the venue and it's been great, mm. the expansion to Queensland has demonstrated to me that it can be quite difficult yeah. um, if you're not in a very busy um, forward-thinking area. Mm -hmm. um, so even myself, I am really rethinking. The plan was Melbourne next. I still want the Freedom Hub everywhere because I believe that's yeah. the way forward and I still want to be able to provide ways for people to be involved in what we're doing. But I think retail has changed a lot. I think um, retail today, um, post-internet <laughs> <laughs> retail, is that customers now tend to like to see visually but they like to buy online. So yep. I think we need to come up with more engaging ways to be online as the Freedom Hub mm. rather than expecting people to come to us as a shop front. Bricks and mortar is great but it's expensive. Yeah. 
and it's very hard to scale quickly. Mm-hmm. And when there's a retail recession, as there is in our country right now, if sales go down as a social enterprise, mm-hmm. then I'm back to the old charity model, which is what I've been trying to fight. So yeah. it's it's a really interesting time for us right now as we really look as a board and as a company how we can expand without being so bricks and mortar focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already looking with our school to have mobile transition coaches in each um, major city yep. whereby we go to the survivors wherever they are and there's no reason today that you can't be running classes online and classes absolutely um, in, even in cafes and in libraries and places like that so mm. we're even looking at ditching the traditional sit in a room school idea with survivors of slavery and working more interactively with them yep and then ways to make money as I said I want to try and get us a little bit more online or at least even the old um we become a b2b model where we're mm. actually wholesaling our coffee and wholesaling our slave-free merchandise to other cafes and to other businesses so um there's yeah there's so much vision and so yeah. many ideas it's just validating and working out what really is going to work for the future yeah they all sound exciting and uh, yeah I think digital is gonna gonna be a way forward um particularly if you want to grow geographically I think um yeah that's really going to help you yeah um yeah so are you seeing a trend in the way that business is changing to be more ethical and aware of where their money goes? Yeah. Well, I think the change is coming from the bottom up. I know yeah. it's great. And I'm very excited that the government's put in a new law. I mm. mean, it's lovely that there's a top down as well. Yeah. But I do think the young generation are, are demanding this. I think they really want this. Um, they look for it. It's it's certainly, um, it makes good business sense, as I've already said, because this these young people, they really are looking for places where their values reflect everything. They're, they market themselves now. Marketing yeah. is an everyday occurrence yep. for young people. Mm. So they want to market their values. How better to do it than to make sure they're aligning their shopping and their spending with their values mm. and where and what brands they wear and carry and, and all that. That's going to drive market change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing um, a real change in consciousness, particularly in in the younger generation now. I mean, we've just got to look at all the the discussions about climate at the moment. It's, you know, the whole mindset is different to our generation. So um, it's great to see and I'm glad that our our planet is in their hands. (laughs) Um, Yes. Now, define what being ethical in your business means to you. Okay, so to me being ethical is actually being human rights focused. Mm -hmm. However, thanks to the um, sustainable development goals, they have combined all everything. And so it's become a word now that... um, it, sustainable and ethical are now intermixed and I'm really I'm really not convinced and I know that while our priority is human human rights my business we are already right now um, spending a lot of time and research going into um, how we can be more zero waste focused yep. how we can get rid of plastics out of our cafe because it's a big area yeah food health and safety insist on gladrap yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do the beeswax thing mm. you know like it's just it's a constant battle, but um, I always feel that because our priority is human rights, I will always prioritise that and will never compromise that with any supply. But if I have to compromise a bit of plastic here and there, I will at the moment, yep. but we are working as that change um, and we find this, we're finding businesses out there that that's their focus. So, of course, we partner with them. Yep. One of our ethical suppliers for catering is Dan the Man and they do zero waste. So that's our priority for weddings yeah. and any catering we bring in because we know that they're doing the right thing in sustainability. So, it's um, so it, yeah, it's one of those words, isn't it? It's yeah. changing. 
it's changing with what people think. But I did do a survey on LinkedIn. I actually did a, a you know, if you if I said ethical, what does it mean to you? Yeah. I'd say sustainability. And without question, everyone came back saying sustainability is environmental, ethical is human. Yeah. So, yeah, which is interesting. Mm. So that's why I've stuck with the word ethical because that's how it was in my mind to start with, but I am seeing it change. Yeah. And I'm asking everyone that question and I get a different answer every time and I knew yeah. I knew yours would be like that. But, um, yeah, I get a different answer every time and it's it's so fascinating to see um, what people think ethical is in business and, yeah. um, you know, how they then apply that and use a criteria to, to make their decisions. So it's, yeah, it's so it's such a cool question to ask people because it's different every time. Um, so, um, what are your future plans for paying it forward through your business? Well, every, a hundred percent of our profits mm-hmm. helps the victims of slavery. So yep. I don't know that we can do much more. <laughs> <laughs> you are nailing it. <laughs> I often think, why did I go the hundred percent? Maybe I should have gone the 80 or the 50, but, um, no, we are 100% and yep. um, so we call ourselves a business for purpose, which is why mm-hmm. I don't tend to call ourselves a social enterprise because a social enterprise tends to give a percentage mm. to another, usually to another organisation or whatever. So we're slightly different in mm. that regards. Um, but as I said, what we're also doing on top of what my initial plan was the 100% helps our survivors of slavery and we are all about that, but what we're doing with our supply chain is paying it forward in a lot of ways. Yeah. So we also select, try and select suppliers that give back in their own way. Mm. So on the, you know, for example, the thank you group with the thank you water and the thank you soap. So, of course, that's what we, we have in our bathroom. Yep. Who gives the crap toilet paper builds toilets in Africa? So, yep. of course, that's the toilet paper we pick. Bread and Butter Project is takes um, uh, refugees and teaches them to be bakers, so that's our bread. Yep. You know, wherever, whenever I hear of a supplier that's doing something that's giving back, I would rather support them than someone else. So we lean that way gotcha. and helping give back in many, many ways. Yeah, well, you're nailing that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, how can people support the greater good and get involved with the Freedom Hub? Well, I guess if you just jump online onto our website, thefreedomhub.org, yep. O-I-G, mm-hmm. um, we've got a What's On page there. So if you're in Sydney or um, there's events, actually there's ethical business networks and things going on in Queensland and in Sydney, there's all kinds of things going on in our venue. You can always book our spaces for meetings or for weddings or for parties. Um, you can get involved by volunteering in both states. You can get involved by donating. It's Always, even though I'm talking about business, donations always, they're 100% profit, 100% support survivors. Um, we're always looking and we're also looking for businesses to partner with us. Yep. Especially, yep. And with the new Modern Slavery Act, we are training, as I said, we are running ethical business workshops, training other businesses how to do this mm. or at least how to get started, you know. And if you say you're getting started, you go on our website as an ethical business that's working with us and we help promote your um, promote you in that way. And so we're running our first one in Queensland on the 14th of November and we've run two in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another one coming up in Sydney on the 10th of November, I think it is. So, um, yeah, so we've got, well, it might be the other way around actually, I think it's the 10th of <laughs> November in Queensland and the 14th in Sydney actually, switch that. Um, but, yes, it's all it's all on in what what's on is how to get involved in that regard, donation on the page, there's a donation page, um, probably the website's the best go-to. Yeah. Or they can email info at thefreedomhub.org and that comes through to me with any question and we can 
see how we can involve and make the most of the talents yeah. of people and the and the wishes of people out there. And of course, you're you're all over social as well. Um, I, I'm yep. following everything, and you have amazing content. Um, one thing that you got next week is the Fiver for Survivors um, happening. Yep. Yeah. So next Wednesday is Fivers for Survivors, and that's a day where everybody and anybody, even if you just grab a few girlfriends and go for lunch, you mm. know, like just. Get out, do something, talk about the fact that slavery is happening in our country or donate $5 each and deposit it during the week into a bank account. You can actually jump online on our website and register, which means we can send you a kit if you want a fact mm-hmm. sheet and information sheet about modern-day slavery today or you can just run your own thing and then work out how to send it to us later. We yeah. just really want every we want that to become a day yeah. where people think about modern slavery in Australia. But really people can do that at any time, can't they? And and just get in yep. touch and yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah, think it's a great idea. Doing stuff last week and mm. stuff on Monday, every day. But that's the that's sort of the one day that's meant to be the focus. But yeah, yeah people are doing it all different days. Yeah. So that's that's hopefully going to become a national yearly day for us. Well, let's make that happen. Um, so, what's the change you'd like to see in the world, and how can we bring it to life? Well, the change I'd like to see in the world is that everybody that works gets a fair wage and, and is not treated um, in captivity. That's that's the whole reason the Freedom Hub exists. Um, the children in labour, in coffee and in chocolate and the things that we have every day, that that's heartbreaking. Mm. I just can't. When it comes to children, I, I get quite emotional. Yeah. But that's that's the reality. We've got so many children in slavery and children being forced to marriage against their will and, yeah. So I think that that would be, that's what we, that's what I'm here for. That's my purpose. That's why I'm on this planet. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The Ethical Change Agency is 100% behind you on that one, Sally. So uh, yeah. wherever we can, we're going to help you share that message. So and I really want to thank you for joining me today. I know you have a super busy schedule and just to get in your diary is a challenge. So I am so grateful <laughs> for that. Um, but, yes, thank you for joining us on The Ethical Evolution. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.